Welcome to another episode of Fight the Burnout. Uh, as you know, this season we have first responders uh, here. So today we have a very special guest. As usual, they're very special. But we have Dominique Mathis from uh, the U.S. She is, well, um, she told me all the different things, but I'll get her to say them again. But pretty much she's a training supervisor, um, coordinates all sorts of different things, has lots of people working underneath her, and does amazing things. So, um, but before we get started, I get her to tell us um, about herself. Remember, get a pen and paper or at least get your phone out, or at least get your listening ears on, and take one thing away from this episode. I don't care. There's going to be hundreds of nuggets, as I call them in here, but just take one thing away uh, and, and start implementing it. Don't complicate it. Don't put it in the complicator, as one of my old trainers said, and turn it all around and try and bring it out. Just grab one thing and run with it. You can always come back and listen to it. They're going to be here. Uh, so before, uh, as, as, as that's kind of mentioned, uh, Dominic, why don't you take it away? Tell us about who you are, what you do, because I know you have a lot of different hats that you wear, um, with work and, um, it's going to be a good episode. Yes, it is. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me on your platform. My name is Dominique Mathis, and I am from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, currently residing. And I am a training supervisor by day uh, for one of the largest, or well, we are the largest sheriff's office in the state of Florida. Um, under my belt, I am in charge of um, making sure our operators are certified to include our admin personnel as well. I am in charge of our SWAT dispatch program and also our TURT um, program as well. Um, dealing with FEMA. And I also have a business called Hello 911, where I have a training and development for uh, public safety telecommunicators all around the world. Wow. And I have about 17 years of experience. Well, I am in, I'm going into my 18th year, actually, um, in the field. So um, there's so much more. Honestly, you could take up an entire podcast, but those are just the basics, <laughs> the foundation. Yes, that is that is amazing. I mean, I know you guys get nailed by hurricanes there all the time. So with FEMA, you must be busy all the time as well. <laughs> you just, yes, you wind I, it up yes. and get ready every year. <laughs> yes, so you know, emergency management is very big, especially down here. You know, with active um, assailants from whether it's an active shooter, you know, at a public place or you know, critical incidents that are happening in our um, public safety answering point. So a lot of that falls under my umbrella as well. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you got a lot of hats. You got a lot of hats that you put on. First off, let's let's talk about burnout because I can guarantee you've probably experienced it. You wouldn't be doing all the yes. things that you're doing and doing the thing that you run your own business with helping you know helping people around the world. Um, and we'll we'll get into that. I'm curious about what that entails and that as well. Uh, but tell us about what is burnout to you? Like when you like okay, I'm feeling this. This is where I'm starting to get to burnout again. You know, honestly, I completely shut down. I completely shut down where I kind of go into solitude, what I do not want to be bothered with anyone, whether it's um, coworkers, whether it's honestly my family, where I come home and I just want to be by myself. I want that Dominique time. And a lot of it deals with me coming to work, not being motivated to do absolutely nothing. And I, you know, we kind of call it that spice. I lose that spice. I lose that, you know, um, great feeling of what I do. And sometimes it can, you know, last for a day, but I've had it sometimes where it's actually lasted for months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when was the last time it lasted for months? I want to say that was a couple of years ago when I actually hit the point where I was actually hospitalized. Oh, wow. Um, where um, I didn't realize it at the time until a doctor had to tell me, say, hey, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to be back here again. And But she actually said, you're 29 years old and you're not going to be able to see your kids grow up. And 
And I recently had my most current burnout, I want to say it was last month in December. Um, and I had the pleasure of, it was interesting how things aligned, where I was a, actually able to participate in a stress management class for 40 hours. And that's when I realized what was going on. And again, it's seeing those signs and being able to, you know, help yourself get out of that. But, you know, it, it, it's tough. And a lot of times we don't see the signs ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Especially as a first responder, you know, we, I don't know about you, but I, every first responder I talk to, we always refer to, hey, we're here to give to everybody else. And we completely forget about ourselves because where you focus, energy flows. And so you're so focused on everybody else and giving to everybody else and in your role, giving to multiple, you know, hundreds of people. Um, absolutely Chris. And, and the whole absolutely. community um yeah and so we, we we lose that we lose that focus well, you know obviously you had something that and we have things come up and i've had things and last year i had stuff mm -hmm. and even we just came out mm -hmm. of a lockdown here last the end of last year and a big five month long one and it hit me and i was, i don't know if i would say I'm burning out but it wasn't a way mentally not physically but um and we always have it but we catch ourselves sooner and sooner and sooner on 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 things and sometimes it you know, for me, it took a, it was, it was quite a big one. Uh, this right. last one, I wasn't, I didn't feel burned out, but I just realized I was doing things that really like, that was like when I was first burned out. Absolutely. And we have to catch it. And, you know, yeah. we see a, a shift in a change in our behavior. We see the change, especially our families. They, a lot of times our families will bring it to our yeah. attention. Yeah. And, you know, again, like they say, you give, you know, you're nine to five so much, or you give everyone else so much of your time and your energy to when you have, you have nothing to pull from yourself. And it should be the opposite. You give yourself everything. You give yourself a hundred percent. That way you can perform for others at a hundred percent. So that's one of the things that, you know, I've learned over the last month. It, it, it's interesting over the last month, I've learned that. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, yeah. it's so true. I learned that long ago, like this last burnout in a, in a way for me was a completely different one because it had nothing to do with giving to everybody else. It had to do with me getting wound up and everything that's going on. Got, oh, the, I can relate. I can definitely the, relate the, to the that. All the COVID stuff was just, it was yes. just, I was losing my hope. And so then I was getting burned out and my wife actually was the one that actually pulled it. So, so you've gone through that big one. What'd you learn from the big being hospitalized, you know, burnout? Oh, you know what? I learned to take time for Dominique yeah. where I had to focus on my health, you know, where I honestly, I did a shift. I lost like 40 pounds after that situation because I was at work taking calls, dispatching, and the room would start spinning mm -hmm. and I had no idea what was going on. And I didn't realize that it was health related, but it had to be that change. I had to shift, you know, make a change. And you know, I learned from it, honestly, was stop overworking myself. You know, a lot of times we have monetary goals that we want to meet, you know, and we overwork ourselves, honestly, let's say just for a trip or, you know, I want to buy a home. But then you have to think about it. Who's losing here? You know, you've, you're dedicating so much of your time trying to, you know, meet this goal, but you're also burning yourself out. And before you know it, I remember reading, um, taking a, a class with Ariana Huffington of the Huffington Post. Yeah. And she said one day, literally, she hit her. She woke up one day, grabbed her cell phone. She was in a meeting and she her face went flat on the table, the glass table. And for me, that was a change as well, because I remember those days at work, the room is spinning, spinning, spinning. And it was like, OK, but what's going on here? And it had to be a doctor to tell me to say, hey. You have intracranial hypertension, like your head, honestly, and for me, I so felt like my head was out. going to, 
Yes, I was stressed out. And I didn't realize I was a mom of two, you know, I had a spouse, you know, and again, I'm trying to be there for everyone else except for Dominique. So putting myself first was the biggest lesson that I learned from that situation because I didn't want to not see my kids at 31 and 35 and 36 as I am today. So that was the most important thing for me. Awesome. So what'd you implement after that? Oh, exercising daily. Um, you know, yes. So whether it's like, you know, I'm, I'm and I've learned from my last stress management class, at least 27 minutes a day. Right. But yeah. if you can give it more, give it more. So for me was being, you know, physical activity. Journaling was another one, mm. you know, writing down my thoughts, therapy, most importantly, you know, we have the insurance, you know, they pay for mental health services. So why not, you know, get a therapist. So I started going to therapy talking about my feelings because a lot of times I kept my feelings, you know, balled up. And I had a, a gentleman tell me, a, an elderly guy said, hey, just talk about it. Talk about it every chance you get because one day you may not get to share your story because you're six feet under. Mm -hmm. So journaling, therapy, daily activity, and again, having that me time for Dominique, whether it's 10 to 15 minutes a day, just sitting in solitude or just sitting in silence. And that's what worked for me. And it, and it definitely helped me on my journey a lot. That's awesome. That's awesome. So this last December, what part, which one of those dropped away? Oh, every, I would say all of them. And you know what? It wasn't just a month. You know what? That actually was happening for a very, very long time mm. for some months. You know, I think was, it wasn't until December where I realized what was actually happening. You know, for me, it was coming to work upset all the time, yeah. not wanting to be there, not wanting to perform. And again, I know I can perform, you know, um, let's say 120, 200 percent. Right. But I honestly felt like I was giving maybe 20 percent. Um, I was coming home. I didn't want to be bothered by my children. And I'm not going to I don't like to use the word bothered, but I just didn't want to interact. It yeah. was okay, guys, figure it out by yourself. You know, mommy is here, but just, just figure it out. Not wanting to interact with friends. You know, I kind of felt like I was sinking into like a depression. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's how I felt. I just absolutely did not want to do anything. And it was because of that class on the second day of class is where I started to see a change in my behavior. Mm. Because again, if not, we all know, you know, what happens on the outside can, it has an effect on you internally. People yeah. are saying they have ulcers, they have high blood pressure, and I was having headaches every single day. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I knew I needed to make that change. Did you get memory loss? You know, it's funny you say that, right? Because I feel like that's happening with me or it was happening like big time. I was forgetting where I put my keys. I will become frustrated and very angry because I couldn't find them. I'll put something down in the house and I couldn't find it. And my son, he's 19. He will say, mom, you all right? Are you okay? And it was like, yeah, I just can't find something. But it's funny you say that because it was happening. I was forgetting where I would put anything. Mm. And for me, it kind of scared me, to be honest with you. Because I said, you know, dementia, you know, and, you know, that stuff runs in my family. So I said, oh, Dang. God, am I experiencing this? Right. But it could have been part of the stress. And I didn't realize that. It, it, it is. It's one of the things when I went through my biggest um, burnout, like as a cop, I was a cop still at the time and I'd forget stuff. My mm -hmm. wife would ask me to do something. I forget it. And I, you know, I, and it's one of the first signs like I pick up now because my, I've got dementia. My grandmother passed mm -hmm. away from dementia. Um, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, that's all good. It was a while ago, but, um, but she, um, but 
yeah, so I had it in my head that that's what I was getting early onset dementia. Mm. I wasn't telling anybody. I wasn't talking about it again with everything else. Wasn't talk- But memory loss, I went to the counselor. Third one's a charm. Uh, so when, <laughs> when, when we say therapist and, and counselor and that, you know, getting therapy, make sure that you, you click with the person. You don't have to go to the first Absolutely. person you go to. Um, but Absolutely. she was like, she was like, she was like, Chris, you're burned out and rattled off all these things, everything that you just said, wow. rattled off all of them and goes, and also in there was memory loss, like short-term memory mm. loss. And I was like, whoa, okay. Surprise. You were shocked, and right? I was like, I was like, oh, and she rattled everything off and I'm seeing that going because she had us go, you know, you said, you know, had my wife say what's going on, have me say what's going on. And then, cause we're at the verge of divorce. Like we literally were like. Yeah, and we've been to counseling a few times prior to that because I'd gone through things as a cop as well. And, um, right. and the, the counselor goes, yeah, you both have stuff going on and you know, as a relationship, you have, you have stuff going on, but she's like, sorry, Chris, but it has to do with you. And I was like, hmm. oh shit, it has to do with me. And she goes, Chris, you're burned out. She's like, your tank is so empty. And she rattled off everything that you just said. And you know, like, it's funny you say that. It, well, I won't say it's funny, but I felt like I lost a relationship because of what was happening at work mm, and I brought it home. Yeah. And it wasn't until years later where I understood. I said, damn, oh, excuse me. Like it wasn't him. It was me. Yeah. A lot of it had to do with me. You know, I was driving like an hour and a half back and forth to work every day. That in itself was stressful. You know, it wasn't the time to turn the jazz music on and relax. No, I'm upset because I'm fighting traffic, you know, and then when I get home, like I don't have the energy to, you know, entertain you or have a conversation. So I can understand that part, Chris. I can. I can. It it does. And, you know, what we bring to the table affects us all. And, you know, but back to memory loss, because I think it's, it's one of the things that people stress the most about, but don't talk about. Mm. This is why I asked you if you had it, because I was curious, because. So many people will be like, I just, my memory's going. It's just, it's right, just right. what it is. It's, you know, I'm getting older. Remember, and I'm like, no, your memory shouldn't be going. Your memory should be getting better mm. because you have more knowledge. And so, and so it's just something to be aware of. If your memory is starting to go, t- take a self check. You know, as I, was talking with, as I was talking with another cop, uh, the, you know, a few episodes ago, uh, evaluate. As cops, we evaluate yeah. every situation, evaluate your own situation. Uh, and that's, mm. that's stuck you know. with me. And, but yeah, yeah, also on the traffic thing real quick, I just wanted to reiterate for those listening, what's your thoughts on the fact of just changing your focus? You know, honestly, that, um, was a shift for me as well. That was the paradigm shift, changing my focus. Mm. Um, I noticed again, when I was at work, I was focusing, I wasn't focusing on work itself. I wasn't focusing on my responsibilities, I was focusing on what everyone else was not doing, which again was negative. You get what I mean? Like that was very negative. So I wasn't understanding that, hey, they they are not meeting these deadlines, you know, due to, you know, whatever reasons. I was fo- I was always focused on the negative. Mm. And that's when I realized this is toxic. Dom, this is toxic. Like you got to change this because I couldn't see the good in people. So honestly, I started focusing on the good. The good, like I can come, like, I. it's like, you always want to focus on, you know, the what ifs, right? Yeah. But you always want to focus on, okay, but what if this does have an outcome? Yeah. Or again, it's like changing your, your, your language of how yeah. you're speaking, yeah. changing, you know, again, daily affirmations. That was big for me. Yeah. So again, cause I had to focus my energy from being 
negative all the time and I had to go to a more positive direction. So I will tell you the number one focus was to be positive mm. because the more negative I was, again, it was a reflection of how I treated my coworkers. It was a reflection of how I was inside of my home. So I started meditating. I started, you know, listening to, you know, again, you know, again, daily affirmations. I started listening to different music because that changed, you know, my focus from being negative all the time to a more positive Dominique. Yeah. And let me tell you, it was a game changer because now I wasn't listening to the music that was like, so, you know, we're pumped up. We're ready to start a war, but no, uh-uh. Let's listen to some jazz. Yeah. You know, let's 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 calm down. You changes, know, changes and, that state to a positive state, but still vibrates you up. Yes. It divide, you know, it honestly, the vibrations were there. My I went from like negative 20 vibrations, right? So now I feel like I'm on a thousand. Yeah. And Is that what you've done again, since you know, December? In the last few yes. months? Yeah. Yes. I yeah. have definitely, I would say like maybe within the last two months, absolutely. Yep. Within the last two months, that's when I started to make the change and people see it as well. Mm. I'll tell you that I see it in my face. You know, I'm, I don't have the breakouts anymore. Right. I'm not stressing. I'm not overeating, you know, yeah. and that's part of it. Like it was like a complete, I'll say 180 change, but now I'm moving more towards the 300, 360 change. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that was that the change in the focus of being from negative to positive, I would say it's the best thing that I could have ever did. It's 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 amazing when you realize those. I like I had the same thing. It's I think there's something going on in the universe in in December because uh, you know God whatever you know whatever you believe in. But I I always say yeah. the universe uh, because in December I had the same I, I had the same thing. And on my phone I um I started I, I was like okay I need to I need to get something that actually forces me to think this because I know all this. But let's get and yeah. so I put a, on my phone. There's an app called Morning, and it's your, da Morning, it's your yes. daily your yeah. daily your daily gratitudes. And so you put your Ooh. gratitudes, what, you know, what, what you want to go well today or what, what could make today good, your affirmation. And then at the end of the day, you write three things that went well and three things that you, you could have made better. Um, and it's amazing. And then I put a quote widget on my phone as well. So it constantly has these quotes mm. that I'm like, oh, wow, that's like, and, <laughs> and so, but by doing those little shifts, because sometimes we need an external to bring awareness, even though we know it. Um, and Absolutely. So and I think for me, Sean, you use the keyword there, gratitude. Yeah. That was big for me, you know, accepting what's here and being thankful for what's right in front of my face instead of the negative complaints all the time. So yeah. me showing gratitude. I remember again, I downloaded this app. It's called Eternal Sunshine by Londrell. And uh, he he changed my life. He did. He did. Awesome. It did. Awesome. It changed my life. So it was great. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So we know we've got the tools. We know what to do. We've, we've been doing it, but there's so many first responders, law enforcement civilians out there as we call them. And I'm not trying to put anybody down, but you know, we have a tendency. That's our language that we use, you know, um, civilian and, and officers or first responders. Yes. Um, not that we're better than anybody, but it just, I don't know. It's just the language that's used. Uh, right, you've got right. a lot of people that you work, that work, um, you work with, or, you know, um, have, um, leadership over uh yes what are some things that we can that we can tell people to do obviously all the stuff that we do is, is it but what are some key things like just you know two or three key things that you believe if somebody implemented just one of them today into their life or that you got one of your you know the people that you lead um to implement it would shift and change their productivity change their life change what they do how they act their relationships their everything what would be the, like that one or those one or two things 
first, again, I'm going to say put yourself and your family first, mm. um, even though I am in a supervisor role. However, I understand that a lot of times when you put work first, someone's losing out on something. And if if your family is not there for you or you're not giving your family time, honestly, I, you know, we we say family over everything. Right. Mm. And that is a true statement. You need to put yourself and your family first because your job will replace you one day. Mm. You know, and when you're in the hospital, when you're sick, you've had a stroke because of burnout, you will be replaced. Yeah. So I always emphasize that, like, give yourself time. And I have some people on my team that they are go-getters. They want to be, you know, on everything. They want every assignment. And I, I see myself in a lot of them, but I also have to explain to them, hey, in five or 10 years, your body is going to show it. Your body eternally, you're going to shut down. So put yourself first, put your family first. Yeah. And, there's, and there's I think no, another, before you jump into number two, there's no reason that you can't be that productive and that yes. and that driven yes. and still put yourself first. You're absolutely right. You can't. You cannot. No, I, I you believe cannot. you can. I believe you can. Though. You think so? Yeah, I believe you can with structure and and and, and um, with structure and, and strategies, because you look Makes at sense. you look at some of the most successful people in the world. They're a hell of a lot busier than we are. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Or, or some people say they aren't, but I believe well, they are they, because yeah, of demanding they, work schedule. They, they learn. They learn to be able to, you know, delegate and do things. And I say this, you know, when I say when that I, word again, delegate. delegation. And yes. this is the key: is delegate things out or clump things together. Get kids helping to do things, so you're not doing it all yourself. When you're at work, I say this all the time when I'm talking to and I'm coaching people. When it comes to work, I go, "There's things that you don't enjoy doing." Yes. Find one of your work colleagues that loves fucking doing those and find what they don't enjoy doing and see if you enjoy it. Because Absolutely. just because you're in one role doesn't mean that you necessarily have to do all those things. Yes, there's going to be things that you don't enjoy doing that you still have to do just like anything, just like a business owner. But if you can swap and shift and change and go, hey, I don't like doing spreadsheets or I don't do whatever it is. And they go, I absolutely love it. You go, okay, cool. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. What, what don't, you and go. then reciprocal, what don't you like? Let's see if there's something in there that I, I really yes. enjoy. Because then all of a sudden you're working as a team more and you're making yes. more productivity and you're going and you're, you're being more of a go-getter. You're getting that stuff done. Right. You're getting the promotion because you're, you're doing that. So I believe that you can, but we mm -hmm. have a limiting mind belief that we have to sit in our own, in our own thing especially as first responders you're a frontline yes. patrol officer and that's what you are you are nothing else well you can absolutely and when you're at scenes you can you can do and you can be that more go-getter it's just a matter of structuring your life so you are putting yourself first in the most full ways my way to make yes. the most full way is get out on my motorcycle so even if i yeah. even if i'm commuting to work right most people would be like commuting to work on a motorcycle, I'm splitting lanes, having to be focused, and it's not riding a motorcycle like a motorcycle is meant to be ridden, if, depending on who you're talking to. But for me, I'm on a motorcycle. My focus, as we talked about before, is I can't, I, I get to ride this motorcycle. And so every right. day I'm riding the, riding the motorcycle to work, it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. So it lights me up. And you know, that was very time. hard for me. That was very hard for me to delegate. Mm. because I wanted to do everything myself. And that was part of my burnout, wanting to do every single thing. And I remember this happened recently with one of my, um, and I hate to use the word subordinates, but one of the young ladies on my team, she said, Dom, 
Um, I'll take care of that for you. And you know, the first thing I said was, no, I got it. I got it. She said, no, Dom, you know, I can do it for you. And when I told her, okay, take care of it for me. I appreciate that. I felt like weight was lifted yeah. off of my shoulders. And this is and the thing, was, and this is how we become more yes. productive is we start to focus on the fact of what, you know, it's also asking yourself, why don't I want to give it up? Uh, control. <laughs> Let's talk. Yes, and, control. And then, it's, and then it's asking yourself, why, why do I need to be in control so much? Why can't Ooh. I let go? <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, and Chris, and that was the shift for me as well. Was saying, hey, Dom, you got the team. And I think a lot of times we need to, and I think that's the good thing about having a team. Everyone's not going to be perfect. Like you said, someone's going to be good in Excel. Someone may be great in PowerPoint. Someone may be good with the, the, the tech part of it. And, and all of us putting our hands together as one, we can make something happen. Yeah. And a lot of times in the workplace, people don't believe in that. Some people think in my role, in my position, that I'm supposed to know everything and do everything. Oh. And the truth is, no, I cannot. I do not know everything. And when I don't know it, I'm not afraid to tell you that either. And that's, and and that's, I think that's a great leader. Because, yes, because like, I, I'm uh, not afraid to tell you that. It's, it's like a coach. You think about the NFL coaches and that. Yeah, some of the best teams in the world, some of the best sports people in the world that right. are underneath these coaches. Most of those coaches weren't very good football players. Uh, speak on it. Let's talk about. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But, but they know how to look from the outside and get the best out of their people. They know, Ooh, the strength, you know, that's my number two. Yeah, that's they, my number two. They right know there. the strengths and weaknesses of the team and they know yes. how to get them to work together. The teams that do yes. really, really well can do that. That's why Brady is such a good quarterback. He knows how to get yes. his offense to do everything that they do and knows the strengths and weaknesses of them all. Every, you know what? He gets to learn them. Yeah. He gets to know them. That's why he can go from the Patriots to he's on he's with the Rams now, isn't he? Um, I, I thought he was with, he's with the no. Rams or is he with um, Tampa Bay? Sorry, Tampa Bay. Whoever he's with, I don't Tampa follow Bay. him. Yeah, he's I don't with follow Tampa him Bay either, now. But, but whoever he's with, so he, that's why he can go from the he can go from team to team, and all of a sudden they're, they're doing you know doing really well. And yes, it takes a while to get into that group because you got to learn new people. But got to learn new people. Mm -hmm. This is the thing: is that you know, as a leader, you don't need to be good at everything, and you shouldn't be. Absolutely not, and you should not be. And I think that's one of the things that the shift that we need to have in the workplace that we need to be, we need to understand that everyone is not going to be great at everything. Like everyone is not going to be a great 911 call taker. Let's just put it out there. However, we have to be able to know how to take a call, process the call, but there are some operators that are going to go above and beyond what is expected. And a lot of times, you know, I have to get my trainers to understand it because they want everyone to perform at their level. And it's not going to happen. And they can answer a call. They can dispatch police or paramedics to a call. And they do it according to policies and procedures. That's fine. And you'll have some people say, well, they sound like they had an attitude. Well, to you, they may have had an attitude. But to the caller, they may have provided them the most exceptional service because they were in a time of need. They were in their most, you know, distressful most moment. Yeah. Right there, the most vulnerable moment, you know. So, again, it's not about how you see things. And that's, an, and that's like my number two is to understand a have a different perspective for everyone. I'm not going to treat, you know, every student the same. I'm not going to treat every instructor the same. I'm just not going to treat everyone the same because there are people who, you know, they may be a little bit more sensitive. They, you know, they may be a little bit more outgoing. Like I could come into work and say, good morning, everyone. 
and no one responds, right? And someone will say, well, what's wrong with you? You're so chipper. And then for me, it's like, oh, okay, you're a little negative today. Let's let's stay away from you. And I and for me, my energy, I will stay away from that. But then I'll also understand, well, maybe they're a little bit upset because they came into work early or they're a little bit stressed out. Have something, or something, going going, or... have something going on at home. You know, when I was an instructor, that was the first thing I would always tell them. There are going to be days where I come in here, guys, and I'm not, you know, I'm not the best version of myself because I'm probably going through something. Something is bothering me, but I need your help. I need you to cheer me up. Yeah. I need you to bring me back to that space. Yeah. And to be honest with you, it worked for me. I understood them. And there were times when a lot of them, we've become close friends after mm -hmm. I left their role. Because again, I treated them as, as a human, you yeah. know? And for me is, I always want to see the greater good in everyone. So it's again, changing that mindset to understand that Dom, everyone's not going to be like you. Everyone's not going to be the perfect call taker. Everyone's not going to be the perfect dispatcher. But again, they're coming, they're providing the service and, and accept that, yeah. you know? They're giving the best However, that they can in that moment. In that moment, absolutely. So for me, it's, again, that brings me pride and joy to know that, hey, you know, in my weakest moment or in their weakest moment, I'm here to render assistance and they're able to do the same for me. Yeah, no, that, that that's that's amazing. There was um, there's something in there, but I think you, I think you went over it. It's, it's, it's amazing when you can let go and, oh, it was the, you know, also thinking about, you know, and this goes for everybody listening to that, and you might get something out of this as well. Is when you have that person, you come in, you're that chipper chipmunk you know you're like yeah it's the most amazing day and you have that person like you said that goes why are you so excited yes my comment back to them again we'll get into just just here in a second about the why but my my why we talked about is that i want to create less pain in myself and others so if this person's in pain and they're trying to bring me down that's going to create more pain for myself so i need to create less pain for them so let's let's and so i go well why aren't you so chipper mm, <laughs> Love it. Love it. Right. Love you know, it. That language yes. shifting that language around yes. is like, well, yeah. Okay. And why aren't you so chipper? And the, it, because <laughs> it gets them and you just walk away. You don't even need to get an answer from it. But it, what it does, is it gets them to go, well, wait a second. Or they go, but, uh, but they can't actually fight with it because they know subconsciously that there is something going on. And so, yeah, <laughs> and it gets them thinking. And that's their way of telling you. And sometimes, you know, that could be a cry for help. It could be. You know, I look, yes. You got, you, honestly, as a, being in the field for a very long time, you start to pick up on little yeah. words, little phrases that people use because, hey, they want you to ask, hey, what's wrong? What's going on? Why aren't you needed. this morning? They want to feel yes. needed. Yeah, so. Yes, absolutely. So that shifts absolutely. us over into what I believe drives us completely. I believe that we have, and we talked about this before we started recording a little bit, but you know, we all have an underlying seated why that actually does not change, but mm -hmm. how we run from it changes. And a lot of people, sadly, run from it in a negative aspect. They run from it, not with it. Uh, you know, mine is I want to create less pain in myself and others so that I can create the best version of myself. So that's my statement. Now it takes a bit to get to that statement, but the why is to create less pain. And that comes from me being in a painful spot when my dad went off to um, chiropractic school when I was like four. Right. Uh, and uh, there was pain there. There was also feeling some unwantedness when my mom got married and just some tension side of stuff and, and these different mm -hmm. things when, when, um, when I was a kid. Uh, right. So that was me and I always ran from it. 
I always didn't want to be in pain. So I would cling to people. I would, you know, feel like I was being abandoned and all these different negative things. As soon as I recognized mm -hmm. it, where it came from and shifted the, the meaning of it to a positive, uh, right. and ran from it in a positive way, it then now it drives everything. It's why the podcast was created. It's why I do the coaching that I do. It's why I have conversations with people. It's why I dig into people's brains and consistently try to figure out what's going on with it and rewire it. Yes. It's why I became a cop. It's why I was mm -hmm. always wanting to bring people together in high school and in grade school and through that, not wanting people to be bullied. What would you mm -hmm. say your why is, Dominique? You know, as you were talking, right, I was thinking about this. My why, to be honest with you, has always been family related. Yep. Um, my mom passed away when I was seven years old and my mom was a teacher. And ever since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. And I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a, a child, a school psychologist. And then one day my friend tells me to apply for being a dispatcher. And I was still in school to be a teacher. And even though I was now you know, a dis a nine one operator dispatcher. It was always about serving the public in some in some capacity because I was living that dream of you know what I saw growing up was my mom and my dad giving back. Mm -hmm. You know, um, whether it was interacting with people, I saw my mom talking to homeless you know vagrants on the street, and she would have a, a normal conversation with them. So for me, my mom and my boys. Mm -hmm. have always been that why of why I continue to go in, you know, to work every day and answer calls. Because I have to tell you, my life story is, is quite interesting. Most of the 911 calls that I have taken, I can relate to them. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it was therapy for myself. Here I am helping someone else go through their pain because I've experienced that same pain. Mm -hmm. And like they say, life is the most, you know, um, the best teacher, Life experience is the best teacher. So for me, I was living in, you know, my purpose of, you know, understanding my why, because I was a victim of, of a lot of things. Right. And I'm taking those calls and then I'm understanding, you know, OK, Dominique, but why do you do this and why do you do that? Or people want to know, like, how did you become dispatcher of the year for the state of Florida? Right. It was because I could relate to that young lady that was calling. She was a mom. So for me, it's I always know I'm living in my purpose. And again, it goes back to my family. It's that foundation that was set. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I believe it goes deeper, but okay. You think so? Okay. Well, well you're going to have to help me go it, deeper than it, that. It, 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 de it definitely goes deeper than family. So many people, uh, I even saw a coach uh, post on, my wife shared it to me, a uh, well-known mm -hmm. coach, extremely successful, and she posted up her family's, her family is her why. And I'm like, no, right. that's a layer of it. Mm. Larry. What you think? So now that we have a few seconds, what do you think it is? So what do you think could be my, my, my what 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 I've picked up and it takes a little bit to do it. Happy to do it with you at some stage. Uh, but yours yes. does have something to do with teaching and giving, but it has something to do. It'll have mm. something to do with your mom passing away. How old were you when your mom passed away? Seven, seven years seven, old. Probably something just before there or right around there. It's normally pre seven, eight, six, seven, eight. An incident yes. happens. Uh, something happens. Um, the um, officer that I was talking to yesterday, hers was about being alone because her dad packed up his stuff and moved and left home and said, um, mm -hmm. I'm, uh, 
I'm going to, I'm leaving you. Um, you need to be, you know, you, you need to be alone. And that was to his mom, to her mom, not to her, but she took it as a five-year-old that it was her. So she's always run from being alone. Um, and so my belief is it has something to do with teaching and, and, and that there's a layer of it there. I don't know the deep one, but I, it, it's literally asking yourself why it's important. Why is it important for you to teach? Why was it important for you to be that teacher to help people? Why is it, or you can go, why is family so, why is family important to me? Why is it important for me to be around family? Because you, you know what, you hit it where you said of mom leaving, that being alone, not really having that family environment growing up. It was just me and my dad. My dad was a single father. Mm. So it was, you know, and I have an older brother, but we're seven years apart. And it was that not having that that model of a family inside my home mm. because it was just us. So I wasn't really around them. So again, I'm like the young lady, you know, always feeling alone by, you know, by yourself. Mm. And when I, in, when I'm in that environment and I'm full of people, you know, you know, you feel a welcome. Like, you know, again, when people call 911, they're at their most vulnerable moment because they need someone. Mm. And that was me growing up. I needed someone else besides that. I needed my mom because we were very, very close before she passed away. So it's that needing feeling. And it's that feeling of knowing somebody needs your help. Yeah. And that's, yeah, yeah, you're good. You're great, actually. You're great. <laughs> so I actually, I reckon, so if you, if like, if we were, if I was coaching you, we'd be, we'd go into it more into detail. We'd figure things out. We'd really literally get it into a statement like I have mine. Because once you yeah. have that, uh, you drive from that, that needing to do things for you that, you know, giving to other people because I can feel right now the the yo-yo happens because there is a sense of running running that why in your life at the moment still from a bit of a, a painful place, not a happy mm. place. There you go. Not a, it's happened there for me. It's happened. It's more still running. It happened to me. And you know, I say that a lot. Everything yeah. that happens to you happens for yeah. you. Sounds I say like that all the time. Tony Robbins stuff as well. Um, Tony Rob, I, yeah, I can name yeah. a few. Yes, I did. I did. I did date with Destiny twenty eighteen in um, in uh, Palm Beach. In Look at that! We're connected yeah. on so yeah, many we levels are, we yeah. don't even really know yeah. it, right? But yeah, but but when we're running at it from a from a it's happened to me still, or it's a negative in a way you could call it. It can it can draw us down and it, it draws energy from us. Whereas when mm. we flip it and we're able to rewire it to focus of. It's, it's running for me. It's a positive. It's, it's happened. And it's, a positive. Oh my God, it's an amazing thing that, that yes. my mom passed away and it, without it, I wouldn't be who I am today and all the different um. rewiring. Then all of a sudden by us serving that, why it, it, it fills us, it empowers us, yes. it drives us hard. And so I love that for anybody listening, dig into yourself, dig into those things. And, you know, this is something that I do with people all the time literally I, like i said i can see it in people i i, I just by having conversations and yes. when we have that it creates that you know when you talked about you know the the people that have that aspiring goals and they were the go-getters and they're driving and it's like oh i don't believe that you can do that and and look after yourself well as soon as you shift that why and that the the the, the meaning behind it all of a sudden you can because the things you're doing mm. you'll take that five minutes in the morning and you'll be like 
yeah, I'm good to go. You'll have that motorcycle ride into work and it's like, yep, this has just lit me up. Now I can serve everybody else because the meaning of everything shifts and changes. Love that. So, Love it. so uh, on that real quick, uh, as we wrap up, because we're going to run out of time otherwise, because uh, I don't, we could be here all day long. I know we could. Yes, I, we, can, we can. We uh, can. Tell I us a little bit about what you do and how people get in touch with you. So the, the business right, so you have on your own. Yes. Yeah, so I am the founder and CEO of Hello 911. We are training and development in for public safety telecommunicators. So we provide classes on active assailant. We provide um, classes on customer service, um, emergency management as well. And I also provide consulting services as well. You can check us out on uh, the website. It is www.hello-911.com. We are on, I am on LinkedIn as well with my name, Dominique Mathis. Instagram um, website is, on um, the Instagram page is underscore hello 911. Um, and again, I would love to connect with everyone here um, that is, you know, your guests that are being featured. And I would love to connect with Chris as well on a future date. But that's exactly yeah. how you guys can. And we're also on Facebook as well um, right. under hello 911 consulting. So Perfect. you can reach us on all platforms. Awesome. Well, we'll put those down below because I actually know a few. Um, like um 911 operators in that as well well not 911 here it's 111 but um operators here some of my clients who wanted to become police officers in that so i will send them that way but um we'll put all those details down below so people can get in touch with you as well uh so the last you. the last thing that i have the last question i always ask is what's your top tip to self-happiness i'm sorry what did you say you kind of cut out chris oh uh, what what is your top tip to self-happiness Oh, oh, that's a good one. I think I'm going to go back to putting myself first, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, showing gratitude to myself every day um, because I don't, I can accomplish something and you know what I'll say, you know what, that's it. You know, I don't need anything else. So I don't need to celebrate it. Or I don't need to acknowledge it. So for me, it's showing gratitude brings happiness to me. It does. Being thankful for what I have right now at this very moment and not thinking about the past or even stressing about the future. Living in the moment. So I'll say living in the moment brings happiness for me. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, any last words, Dominique, before we wrap up? Again, I, you know, I want to tell the listeners and to you as well, you know, um, this is an excellent topic, you know, as 911 operators, dispatchers or first responders in the field, we're subjected to so many things, you know, whether it's a mother calling about her child drowning, whether it's um, an officer down situation, and I would encourage anyone to seek assistance for it um with either it's your employee assistance program, or whether it's your personal therapy again work on your mental health. That is very, very important because burnout is real. And um, a lot of people, you know, have died from it, you know, or the ending result of it can sometimes be suicide. So we, we want to bring awareness to the field, bring awareness to first responders in general. And again, call a friend, text a friend, give someone a hug because they do need it. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that you yeah, deal with deal with our own shit, then we can be better people to turn up. We can turn up. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks, Dominique, for for being here. Thanks for sharing everything and all the tools and the tricks. Remember, everybody who's listening, take one thing away from this. Just one. I don't care what it was, even if it was just that Dominique's awesome. Perfect. <laughs> then that's just it. You know, take it. 
but yes. you know, or that you appreciate 911 operators, whatever it is that you take, or if it is that, holy cow, I recognize more of my why, or I recognize I need to take care mm -hmm. of myself a little bit more, or I recognize I need to give that person a hug, whatever it is, just take that one thing away and just start doing it every day. Start implementing it every single day. Uh, and yes. if you are needing help, we are always here. You can just email myself at team at createfromwhy.com. And I'm happy to reach out. That's team at createfromwhy.com. We also, as we've talked about, I uh, do coaching programs and that to help you get into the law enforcement, uh, physically and mentally prepare you, but also uh, have my program that's called Productive AF or Productive as Fuck. Um, and it's Love all it. about it's all about getting productive. And we talked a little bit about how you know finding your why does that, and it, uh, it does. It all starts with why. So our program takes you through all that. You can find more information about that at um, www.createfromwhy.com. Uh, but I want you to you know listen to the next episode and the next one and the next one and learn from these first responders because at the end of the day they are in the meat of everything. You know, they're mm -hmm. dealing and helping people that are in the most traumatic, the most down areas of, of life at the time. Uh, yes. And they learn how to cope with it. Um, sometimes yes. we need to learn to cope with it ourselves, but that's why we're here and we're having these conversations. So till next time, we love you all. Thanks for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, and uh, send us somebody that you want us to talk to. Send us a first responder that you know uh, so that we can um, have that conversation with them as well. Anyways, till next time, we love you.